All right, welcome to a new episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Andrew Icebrook. And I'm Jesse Weber. And we got a big episode today. We have two very, very high-profile guests uh, from the podcast Three Man Weave. Uh, it's an NBA podcast. And I'll be honest with you, our podcast couldn't be any more different. They're completely different. Uh, they could be a little different. <laughs> they, they could. No, I guess they couldn't be. Yeah. Probably not. But anyways, let, let me introduce you guys. Um, we're actually friends. We went to college together. Um, we're more than friends, man. We're brothers. We're, we're brothers, yeah. So there's some blood relation between us. But Andrew <laughs> Catalano, Matt Krasnoff, they host, the, they host the, the podcast. So why don't you give us a little uh, you know, overview of what the Wait, what did you guys is? mean by brothers? Fraternity brothers. Fraternity brothers. Alpha Epsilon Pi, University of Michigan. So we actually have four Wolverines in the room. That's right, Michigan. I didn't, wasn't in your fraternity, guys. But, uh, I'm Kai older Pi. than you. Do you feel I have good out? memories of Kai Fi, though. Actually, really? uh, at orientation where I met Matt here, uh, the Kai Fi brothers were out on the front lawn, and we were kind of high school kids wandering around. Andrew, you were there. We were <laughs> looking for a place to party. We had some vodka and a 30 rack of beers, and the Kai Fi brothers were like, want to come inside and party here? Set up some Pong games, some beer games. Everybody was super welcoming. And then our friend Ben Jacobs that we made there actually joined and rushed and pledged Kai-Fi. So nothing but good memories of Kai-Fi. Maybe he was there. I see nothing has changed. That's exactly (laughs) what we've always done. Invite people in and just have a good time. So that that place is a disaster. Let me just tell you something. I lived in that place for a full year. There was a bat that flew around that entire house, and it was so scary. And I can't believe I actually lived that whole year. But I'm glad you guys had a great time in the house. We did have a great time. And I I tend to think that the dirtier the fraternity is, the better the time. (laughs) Well, then you must have had a fantastic time. Yeah, our place was filthy. So needless to say, we are fraternity brothers with Andrew. We go way back, all the way to 2008. Uh, and now Kraz and I, uh, I think we can f- officially make the transition here from Matt to Kraz. Yeah, so, we, Kraz, we, my we call Matt Kraz. His last name is Kraznov. So yeah, we go so a little Kraz. clarification, yeah. which will come up again when we feature the, the Krazy Dumpling Tour. But Just a little tease for the, uh, I don't know, what do you uh, call your listeners? Like the people who law? Because we have the weavers and achievers. Yeah, we like to call our people, uh, our listeners, the weavers and achievers. Loyal, loyal listeners. Listen, <laughs> loyal listeners, listeners who law. So what do we call our listeners? <laughs> Hi, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> so we, we, too, have a very uh, a close-knit community of listeners, uh, friends, family, and hopefully extended versions, but who knows. Uh, so it's myself, Kraz, uh, Andrew, and our third friend, Martin, who's a good buddy from college as well, who lives out in L.A. Another another Wolverine. Another so Wolverine. Michigan podcasting takeover. Um, Martin is, as you would say, in the biz. He's an associate producer um, for the Undisputed uh, with Skip and Shannon, so he records that out in L.A. every single day, Monday through Friday, works crazy hours, does some other stuff, hustling on the side, and he's kind of our hopeful connect kind of into the, that world, but Kat and I just love bantering NBA, going deep into it, and uh, it turned into a show, and, and now we weave and achieve once a week. Now, I should tell you, I'm so glad you guys are here, because Andrew and I, would you say sports are the thing we know com- so least about than anything? Yeah, and I think I think uh, Andrew and, Kat and Kraz know this, that I know basically nothing about sports so on this episode we thought it would be interesting if we talked about sports gambling when you talk to us speak to us like we don't even know what a sport is okay yeah i'm gonna talk to you like you're a young man who's just got a couple of dollars in his pocket for the first time and he goes hey you know i could place a bet maybe win some more money and it's like let me teach you a little thing or two here young man about sports gambling but but it is a big issue because i feel like a lot of people our age are really into it there, the law is pretty complicated, 
And, um, you know, it's something that people want to know more about, especially like the new laws that have come out recently. So I feel like it's nice to have here actual normal people who watch sports yeah. and can not like us weirdos. Yeah. Who don't watch it. I could share with us practically like how these things work. So and it's, I'm and, curious. And to your point, it's going to hit the mainstream pretty soon. Right. We've already seen the rule change in Jersey and they can now do the rule. Uh, state by state. And so you've got to imagine soon it's just going to trickle into all these different states and more people are going to want to get involved. Right? You guys, even if you don't love sports, you still go to the bar and watch them with friends. You might want to hop in on a bet or something like that. Who's winning the match? <laughs> yes. I've listened to guys who law and you guys like talking. You're like, well, I kind of like tennis and cricket and uh, <laughs> hey, You can bet on anything. We yeah, those imagine if you up. could throw a little money on the high liar. You know, let's say I think they're going to be at least over three and a half aces this match. It could spice things up a little bit next time you go to the match. Uh, makes backgammon a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, so I guess we should you know, talk about the law. Just yeah, why don't we just give a little bit of legal background on what's going on currently and, and the ramifications. Yeah, and talk to us like we're criminals facing charges. Make <laughs> it as simple as possible. Okay, so let, what's the law in the United States right now? Well, this past year, there was a huge, huge Supreme Court decision that overruled a 1992 ruling which had prohibited states from legalizing sports gambling. It was only legal in Nevada, Oregon, Delaware, Montana. Now, this new law, this this huge decision came out that said states can now choose whether they want to legalize gambling. It doesn't mean you can gamble everywhere. You have to look at whether the state actually legalized sports betting. And it's interesting because they may want to get on this considering the fact that the latest estimates are that there is $140 billion spent on illegal sports bet, sports betting in the United States alone. Now that that Supreme Court decision came out, states that have already legalized full-scale sports betting include Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey, Mississippi, West Virginia, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. What this doesn't mean is that you can you can't you cannot place bets from one state into another. So interstate sports betting is not allowed even if you have two states where it's legal. You can't do that. That's not quite legal yet. There's an, uh, a federal law that prohibits that. Um, and that is the background, but there's a further discussion that we're going to talk into a little bit more about fantasy sports and whether or not fantasy sports is a form of gambling and what the issue is, particularly here in New York, that becomes an issue. But that is just the broad overview of where we're at in the law. And I guess the best place to start is from your perspective, since now states can choose to legalize gambling, what have you seen? Well, <clears throat> Jersey, first and foremost, who's always kind of had the, the itch because of Atlantic City and the ability to have casinos always had the itch for sports gambling. So they've been filing papers and been ready to go for what feels like a decade. And uh, FanDuel, which is one of the uh, the daily, uh, daily fantasy sports, right? So that's a big thing, not just like having a fantasy football team for the whole year, but picking a team in the NBA for one night and playing against. And can you explain that too? Like when you play on FanDuel, yeah. it's it's just for money and it, but it's for fantasy sports for money. Exactly. Well, you might even have to strip it down further to the, just the concept of fantasy sports. It's all statistics driven, right? So a guy plays a particular sport, let's say it's basketball, you're going to get points based on how many points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, 
fantasy sports, it, you create your own teams? Like, what, what, what is it exactly? Exa so, so even yeah. stripping it back further, it's taking real what players. What is a sport? <laughs> <laughs> so that we're going to have to go to Merriam-Webster for, but... Uh, right, so I, like when you saw your, your buddies in college getting together for their draft, Yeah, right? what, what is So this? at the Explain beginning it. of every season, let's call NFL just to, to, you know, was in the fall. Most guys play NFL, or, or women as well play NFL uh, fantasy football. So you draft a team exactly like. You take the full list of players, and they've got rankings and you decide I want this guy then the next person picks okay now from I want this guy. From any team. From any team. Yeah, so you're taking real players and assembling a fictional roster that then you're going to be awarded points based on how those players perform. Okay. And so for the longest time that was a thing for a year long hey we're going to play fantasy football or baseball for the whole season. About Five, six years ago, daily fantasy became a thing. Yeah. And that's where you hear about DraftKings and FanDuel are the leaders there, where you pick a team, let's say the NBA has six games on Monday night, you can go in there and play a competition against 50 other people, and you guys are drafting, and you basically, let's say you get $100 in fake money, and you can spend that fake money to choose, okay, I want... Steph Curry, the best, one of the best players in the NBA, he cost me $50, and then I'm going to find a guy on the Knicks who's not as good and only pay like $6 for him. And again, those are competitions every night, And but your money, might it might be a $5 contest. So you create this team of all different players, and then you base it based upon actual games and how those players perform. Correct. So if you, if the, the way fantasy used to be is a year-long commitment. It was mostly on CBS Sports, ESPN, or Yahoo. They all had fantasy services where they would host a database of all the players you would enter into a live draft draft your team and that would be your team for the whole year so a lot of a big problem with that is when people start doing poorly they lose interest right so right. If I, my team's zero wins and eight losses going into week nine of the nfl season i'm not going to win any money or i'm not going to win the league so why am i going to pay attention but what daily fantasy has come in and done is it pairs you up with other people that want to play fantasy sports but wipe the slate clean every night so think about everybody pledges some money to the pot there are players that are playing that night each player is weighted and is given a price based on the projection of how many points they're going to score. So a guy like Steph Curry, one of the best players in the NBA, is going to have a high price tag. So you can't just pick all the best guys because then that would be really easy. But it's strategic in the sense of you have to pick which players you think are going to have a great game and get good value. Mm. And that is what brings in the argument of this is a game of skill because right. I'm choosing my players and I'm strategically saying that this is going to be the outcome. Now, the, the contrarians to that will say, well, it's a game of luck because if the guy goes out there and in the yeah. first second slips on a banana peel, tore, tears his ACL, and he doesn't play anymore, that's a stroke of luck. So just to take a step back, too, like my question always when I heard about these companies like FanDuel, what's the other big one again? DraftKings. DraftKings, yeah, is – you know, before the Supreme Court decision came out, why is that legal and other forms of sports betting yeah. uh, are not were not are not legal online in most states? Um, and it seems like the answer to that is that it wasn't in the same category as, as other sort of sports betting because it was skill based. Well, and there's also no quote unquote house, right? Like DraftKings makes money off advertising, but from my understanding, I could be wrong. I don't think they're making actual money from the daily competitions. So it's a quote unquote pool, right? I believe that's the actual term they use to describe it. So it's like when you do a March Madness pool, um, granted you're all putting money on it, but no house is taking away money unless you have that friend that's like keeping, you know, a hundred bucks or something. Right. Um, so this concept around it not necessarily, A, it being about skill, but B, it not necessarily being 
uh, it being more of like a pool and, and someone's just going to take away money from exactly like you had to make a strategic decision uh, versus I go to the casino. And now this is what I was saying before. DraftKings has and FanDuel have like sports betting places in New Jersey where it's legal. So you can go and that's a whole different animal of I bet the Knicks are going to lose tonight. So do you think that fantasy sports requires more skill than regular sports betting? Because like Billy Walters is from what I've been seeing like with the most successful sports better ever like didn't he have to have some more skill than other people skill I mean ex- sports betting rely- requires a ton of skill because the people that are writing the lines and lines for those that you don't know like if I want to bet the Knicks I keep using the Knicks as reference because I'm a pathetic Knicks fan but the Knicks are always going to almost always going to be favored to lose right they're going to be the what we call the underdog in a sporting event so you might uh, be able to bet on them to lose by no more than a certain amount of points. I don't know how deep we want to go into kind of like lines and stuff, but there is definitely a certain, a ton of skill required on actually knowing how the teams are, how they perform on certain days, how they perform, um, you know, with certain guys out and things like that versus fantasy. Again, I think it just skills relative because there are plenty of people that play fantasy at a very high level. And then you have plenty of people that just play to play and have no idea what's going on. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that fantasy sports is gambling? The reason I ask is, as we talked about, it's so relevant in New York right now. There was a law in New York that legalized uh, fantasy sports. It was mm-hmm. struck down by a, a judge. They're going to have to decide that issue later on. But in January, on January 3rd, there are going to be arguments back and forth about whether fantasy sports is in the definition of gambling under New York law. So what do you think? Is it gambling? I think that that's the argument that's been going down. Uh, and there are people that are clearly on both sides of the coin. Uh, you know, if you listen to Drive Time Radio in New York and you listen to Mike Francesa, Mike Francesa, you know, very successful sportscaster on WFAN, one of the most preeminent uh, sportscast voices in New York, adamantly says that fantasy sports is gambling, mm-hmm. that there's no way around it. And then lawmakers are trying to say that it is a game of skill. But how could you say that something that is still being manipulated by a house, like even if they're not taking a cut, DraftKings is still weighting certain players with different price tags. So you're still searching for value. The same way that when you look at all of the point spreads for a given week of NFL, let's say, you're looking for the one where you think Vegas got it wrong. So you're still trying to poke holes in something, and it, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to luck. You can't go out there and physically say to the guy, like, hey, you're gonna, we're going to call the play for this running back, and he's going to run for the touchdown. If a, a team could be saying in their minds, like, we're not going to give this guy the ball at all, and you think, hey, I got a great deal. I only have to pay $1,000 for him in my, out of my FanDuel budget. That's totally luck. So that argument has been going down, and that's ultimately what it's going to come down to is whether or not you think it's a game of luck or a game of skill. What I would ask you guys, the lawyers, is is like the you know this momentum for sports gambling going to just make that a moot point eventually? Well, here's the thing: as you were talking about it, I'm, I still don't get the difference between that and the stock market. You know, if it's that all, was exactly Mike it, Francesa's argument is that's what it is. You're basically you're taking an informed opinion, but you can't control it. No, it's all about, and you said it so well, Matt. You said it, it's all about, it's skill in the sense that you have to research it. You have to know what you're looking at. It's very different. I, mean, I agree in the end, it's not going to really matter that much. Like people are, gonna, are making these decisions motivated, motivated by money. Like the states want to make more money. The leagues want to make more money. These companies want to make more money. And that's what's driving it. So if they can make more money, if it's skill or not skill, whatever, it's going to happen in some form or another. And looking back at the stock market thing, right? Like, Robinhood has made it way more accessible and, and companies like that to be someone that can just trade stocks. So 
when you think about it from that angle, like why shouldn't? Well, I guess then you're right. I guess it goes back to the moot point. Like, why why does it matter in the end if we're all just going to be able to gamble? Um, but I still I I don't know if the like, to me the skill versus luck thing isn't as important as much as if like is someone else making money off of it right like if we can agree that our group's going to put money in and that group is the only group that's going to take that money out then to me that should be fine that should be legal if no one else is going to be monetized off of this um, but I guess that's yeah, I don't know well I guess to take a step back even further like why is this even an issue right mm-hmm. the the idea I guess is and this is with all forms of sports betting is they say it may ruin the integrity of the game, right? Because you look at normal gambling in a casino, gambling doesn't bring the best things. It can create addictions, it can create uh, different kinds of problems, drug problems, alcohol, family, you know, gambling itself isn't great. Do you believe that the idea of sports betting creates a problem, uh, uh, an integrity problem for sports? Do you think that that, do you understand that argument? Do you agree with it at all? What do you think? I don't think that you can look at it that way. I mean, because there have been instances of gambling that's already affected the outcome. Like it was just the it's about to be the hundredth year anniversary of the Black Sox scandal, and that was basically uh, in 1919. The White Sox were the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. Gamblers went to them and said, "Hey, we'll pay you some money if you throw the game." They threw the World Series, the Cincinnati Reds won, the gamblers collected their money, and then eventually baseball caught wind of it, figured it out, and banned a bunch of players for life. And that actually was the uh, event that precipitated the first ever commissioner of the MLB, which I think his name was uh, something Mountain Landis. He has a very crazy name, but that was the first ever commissioner of baseball, and they brought him in. He was like a farmer, and it was, hey, you're going to be an independent person that's going to moderate the game. And that's really what the commissioner is intended to do. So I think that it's not going to compromise the integrity. In fact, it may enhance it because now it's going to be all public. Now with these leagues making deals with certain books, they're sharing certain data and analytics that's going to make their uh, spreads and totals more accurate, more you know data like weather data that's obviously going to influence things, player data, day of the week data, all this different stuff. The more you're sharing and the more data we're capturing now and the more that allows you to formulate the, the betting lines, that's going to seem to make it more fair in my opinion. So I think as long as the leagues aren't resistant, and the only league that's been resistant is the NFL. And they're not even like resistant now to it. Some of the leagues are trying to get a piece of it. And that's, well, that's exactly it. That's why I think like Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has been so forward about it and so proactive about getting ahead of these partnerships. Because to Andrew Katz's point, the transparency and the regulation that's going to come, it can can be a positive thing, and it can be a very uh, economic, like a very financial positive thing too. So right now, the the leagues are saying that they should get something called integrity fees uh, based on sports gambling that's, that's surrounding their leagues, because technically, if the league didn't exist, then there would be no gambling around it. They're leveraging their IP of yeah. what's going on. So do you? Th- their argument is that is going to help the integrity of the league by getting a piece of of any transactions that are happening. Do you see that as a is, is that a valid well, argument on to, to you? You tell me, Mr. They, Lawyer. They just, <laughs> that, it seems like an airtight argument. It seems like they just want to make money. But. I mean, yeah. it, it, what, it should be more than just putting MGM around the you know around the stadiums, right? It has to be something significantly more financially impactful. Because to his point. That, that's a really good way, good way of looking at it. There's no betting without the NFL, and there's no betting in the NBA without the players. But my so. question more is like, do you think it will help 
the integrity of the sport by keeping the leagues. I don't think the integrity is in question. I think you have to bring the leagues in proactively to maintain the integrity. The integrity is not in question. To to Cat's point, there was an NBA scandal as well. He brings up the White Sox in baseball, but there was an NBA scandal with a referee that was betting on games, supposedly, and this is in the early 2000s. The the NBA after that went extremely, extremely aggressive on bringing in consulting companies and um, technology consulting companies around how they're going to track this stuff from player movement cameras and referee movement cameras and things like that to scores and different ways that they can track it. So I don't think the integrity is in question. I think they do it so that they can proactively continue to keep the integrity intact. So in other words, what you're saying is people that think these games might be rigged because of this, these new laws, don't worry, that's not going to happen. No, not only will the games not be rigged, but I think people worry, oh, the players are going to bet or find ways to, and, and yes, right, potentially there are more ways to have your friends or a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend access gambling, but A, that's already exists, and B, we've talked about this on our podcast, it's like the marijuana thing. It's like, do players go to Denver, when they go play in Denver, do they get high? It's like, no, if players want to get high, they can smoke pot just because it's it's legal in Denver so I don't think it changes it you know in, in that sense yeah I think that uh you know it and that that example it's like guys are going to find ways to do it regardless right and it's probably not going to be them necessarily that does it they have people that they surround themselves with that you know may help make business decisions for them so if they want to place a bet they can find a way to do it in a, in a way wouldn't it make it like less nefarious because it's not an illegal activity now and it's more tracked and it's mm. more uh, out in the open, I think if anything, guys would be more inclined to throw a game now when it can't necessarily even be traced back to them because they're making an off the books wager with a bookie who keeps everything in cash and nothing's tracked. So now that the the new the Supreme Court decision has gone through and states that it wasn't legal before, it's legal. There's people who gambled in the states where it was illegal previously that now have different options. They were probably just going through a bookie or something, some illegal route, you know, and they have legal options to gamble, whether it's a sports book, online, etc. Do you think those people will transfer over to, to gambling legally, or will they stay on, the, on, on basically the black market where there might not be as many fees involved and third parties that you know, would be part of the process? Basically, what's going to happen yeah, to those to poor book. bookies? Yeah. So, so Jersey has already shown there have been crazy spikes in there. Like I mentioned, they now have an actual like, uh, sports book where you can go in and actually bet on games in New Jersey. And they've shown that's like... Yeah, I think it's I, called Sugar Hill. I think it's 80% of, dra- of uh, FanDuel's revenue in October or something like that, something crazy. Like, it, it's absurd. Um, with that said, there's a certain thing, and, and Kat and I talked about this earlier when we were, you know, sort of prepping for this, which is when you make a bet with a bookie, you're on credit. And when I say that, I don't mean you're putting a credit card down. I mean that you are most likely paying them weekly or monthly. Can you give an example? Like, how does it work? So, and again, not saying we know from experience necessarily, but maybe we know some people who know some this people. This is all alleged. Alleged. <laughs> uh, but a bookie is someone who works, again, off of the books, nothing official, um, maybe they do orchestrate on some like, you know, virtual, uh, like online kind of thing that you can make the actual bets on. But for the most part, they're collecting and dealing in cash. So you're not dealing with taxes. You're not dealing with, um, actually having to put down like a credit card or actually having to put down your checking account or anything like that. So a, it's anonymous, right? A, you know, obviously that's a, a problem as it is. We know people that probably or not personally but but go down bad roads and so they you go to a bookie you say here's a thousand dollars put it on a no, game. You so don't you have don't to. have that's to necessarily you're so ba- that's what you do at a, a casino that's the difference right oh. at a casino at, in new jersey you go down you say i want to put a hundred dollars on this or i want to put a thousand dollars on that a bookie 
you make your bets and they tally up how much you owe or how much you're going to get paid uh, so at the end. They don't need to cash up front. Exactly. exactly. It's basically credit. credit. And so if but, you think about, you know, people, they the word degenerate gets thrown or thrown around a lot, right? If you're a degenerate, you hear people over the course of a week saying, hey, you know, I'm down, but I, I got a, I got a lock tonight. Like, yeah. I'm going to hit tonight, and that's going to get me out of the hole. And then you get further and further into the hole, and then you owe the bookie a lot of money at the end of the month. But if you it comes with his bat. So, I mean, <laughs> like a lot every of movie ever. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Well, We've it's an interesting, seen... but it's interesting because you've got to imagine there's going to be a little bit of a crackdown, right? So it puts a little bit of pressure on the bookie that they probably can't quite a, do that as much, right? Like, maybe there's going to be some crackdown on illegal gambling, so the threat from the person who can't pay is, hey, I'll go to the cops, and and the bookie, I mean, they can both go to the cops, right? Like they both have this <laughs> we, that's a, kind of a criminal agreement. It's when kind you're of a problem you're thing. Like, like, we can like both go to the cops, yeah, but we're not gonna. Yeah, allegedly. so so there's sort of this like mutual understanding, like you just pay your bookie, right? That's just a thing. Um, but now you do see sites like my bookie and and other sites that have that are from abroad, right? They're, they're Anguilla, I think, right? The, yeah. Mybookie.ag is the one. That sounds uh, legit. <laughs> expert or rookie, you gotta try. Because they, they have more trouble prosecuting those sites, I'm sure. So that's why people. Yeah, they're Even running that, advertising yeah. like yeah. on podcasts, and that's uh, different from again like your bookie bookie that you might you know know from college or whatever. Um, so I, I don't know that it'll like shift the market completely. I don't think we're going to lose people that want to work with their bookie that like the idea of being anonymous, that like the idea of keeping it from their significant other, maybe um, not having any sort of paper trail or identity trail. Um, having said that, I think it's going to bring in a new market, right? I think there's going to be folks maybe like you guys that are in a bar in Jersey, Andrew, you're from Jersey, that want to like go out and bet on the game when you're at the bar. And if you're in Jersey, like you guys mentioned, you can use an app. So there are apps now you can already use while you're there. Okay, great. That's a great example. So Andrew clearly knows a ton about sports, as <laughs> I do. We're at a bar in New Jersey, right? We're like, oh my gosh, look at this game that's about to start. Now, again, you can bet on any sport. Mm-hmm. Anything really? As long as someone's setting the odds for it, right? So okay. if the odds exist, then you can bet on it. If the casino says we're not doing odds on something, it could be for a multitude of reasons, but you can't bet on something that doesn't exist. But if the odds are there, you can bet on it. Let's Although say, I do think apps will come out that allow you to like make agreed upon odds with friends on things. We're taking the intellectual property for that, uh, so <laughs> maybe cut that, that part. That, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good idea. So, okay, there's a Patriots-Giants game on, right? Andrew's like, I want to place bets. What are his options? What does he do? Like, what website? Like, explain. Like, you're sitting with him. You're ignoring everybody else at the bar. You're like, Andrew, let me work with you on this. Yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, I don't know right now exactly. I've never done it. I mean, I could I could tell you how I've done it in Las Vegas. So you basically, if you're in a casino, you can walk up to a window, you know, plunk your money down. And if let's say you want to bet, most lines are what's called like minus 110, right? So that means you have to bet $110 to win 100 because the casino is going to take a small cut, like a fee. You want to place this bet? You want to win $100? Well, put 110 up front, and then if you win, we'll give you the 100 If not, we keep the 110 And when so, he says give you the 100 it means give you the 100 10 plus the 100 Exactly. Exactly, okay. exactly. So technically you're I was like, wow, this is really weird. Yeah. You're losing money. No, you <laughs> yeah. get your 110 back and you make 100 Exactly. So, so that's minus 110 Minus 110 So yeah. uh, right now you would have to go up. If you want to win $100 on something, you have to give them $110. And then if you win, you'll get 210 back. You said on something. So you're saying not just on the winning, but you can place bets on other things that happen during yeah, the course so, of the game. No, it's a good point. So like the major bets are the whole game, maybe the half. So you could bet on who's going to be winning at the half. But to your point, you can also bet on 
maybe you think Tom Brady is going to throw more than X amount of completions, they might actually set, they will set what's called prop bets. And those are like individual bets around the game. So these are popular during the Super Bowl. So like we have a friend that gives out a sheet of pop prop bets during the Super Bowl, but you can do these at a casino or like in the example you guys were given before, if you're sitting in a bar in New Jersey, and I would I don't know specifically that FanDuel or DraftKings has an app, but they probably do. Well, from what I heard, they're getting into the sports betting business now, expanding from just fantasy sports. They're doing they're geofencing it depending on what state. Well, you're so in. that yeah. so that's where their sports books come in, and then I'd imagine yeah, if you're geofence, you can download their app or yeah. one of their connected apps. Wait, just to take a step back, you're saying in New Jersey or whatever state that's legal. They don't have apps just for straight up sports betting, or they do. No, they do. That's I think that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. But they're geo locked within Jersey, so, so right. like, it won't even let you use it. Because like they're going to be state sponsored ones that they're launching themselves, or private companies like FanDuel. Yeah, they're coming in and offering apps to people who live in that state to make sports bets. But somebody who lived in the state next door where it's not legal wouldn't be able to access it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I meant like because I thought. FanDuel and DraftKings were just fantasy where you create those teams. But I'm saying, no, yeah, they're I'm just getting into that business now. They're and, getting and into so that. What, and, the, and the casinos have that as well. Where yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll set their and so, odds. And so if you're in Vegas now, they have apps in Vegas. So, like, I have friends that went on a bachelor party and they're renting a house. And rather than going to the casino to lay down the bets like Andrew was describing, they're sitting on their app and just doing it. And what's cool about the apps is what's called live betting. Mm-hmm. So that's going to become really popular with the leagues is, like, these individual bets like – I think the next basket will come from, uh, you know, uh, why, why can't I think of an NBA player <laughs> from Dirk Nowitzki? We're sp- we're sp- oh my God, Dirk Nowitzki, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> nice. will hit the next basket, right? Or like, I think Luka Doncic will get more than four assists in the rest of this quarter. So you can use software and cloud technology to be updating things in the palm of people's hands and use the data on what people bet on to then send smarter bets that they're going to bet on more frequently. So, What is a point spread? I mean, is that confusing? Explain how that works. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried to do this many times with my fiancé, so I feel like I've gotten quite good at it here. <laughs> She's probably has much more knowledge about this than I do. <laughs> You'd be Start with your minus 110 as like the baseline yeah. for... Yeah. yeah, so minus 110. Let's say, like you said, you said Patriots-Jets game. I think that's a great example. So you're at the bar, Patriots-Jets. The Patriots are probably this season a better team than the Jets, right? Right. So if you wanted to make it as even as possible, you would give the Jets some points to start out with, right? Mm -hmm. So that if they played the whole game, it would technically come out like even. That's what Vegas or any odds maker, bookmaker, is trying to say, like, how can we get it as even as possible? Because what a bookmaker wants to have is 50% of the action on one team and 50% of the action on the other team. Because if everybody bets 50-50, he's collecting what's known as the VIG, that little extra money, that 110 to win $100. Do boogies have VIGs too? Yes. They do. That's like basically the rule of gambling. Is yeah. There's always a fee to place the bet because if you're not taking the VIG and you bet 50-50 or it's, it uh, unfortunately would go the other way and you're losing money if you have the wrong side, then you're not making So it's like a 10% money. service fee basically. Sometimes yeah. there's varying service fees. Like for example, if you were to just want to bet on the Patriots straight up to win, they might be let's say minus 200, which means you got to bet $200 to win $100. So there's two types of like, let's call it a whole game bet, right? Jets versus Patriots. One, which Andrew will continue explaining in a second, is with the line. And then one is, um, we're going to just call what's called money line. If we just want to say the Patriots are going to win, okay, well, I can't put down my 110 and get back 100 because the Patriots are much better. I need to put down 200 to win my 100. Or... So then that's where the point spread comes back in. So let's say it's 
Let's say the Patriots are seven, let's go say six and a half points better than uh, the Jets. So mm-hmm. then the Patriots will be minus six and a half, or you could bet on the Jets plus six and a half. So think about it. The game starts. It's six and a half Jets, Patriots zero. They play the rest of the game, and then you add that six and a half to the Jets score. You subtract it from the Patriots score. So let's say the Patriots win by seven. They win the bet. If they win by six, then if you bet on the Jets, you win the bet. Right. So that's it's kind of evening it out. And again, you want it to just be 50-50 so that the house can collect their VIG. But the point spread is basically to weight it so that they'll get a 50-50 split. So that's why sometimes it's very difficult to set the spread in college football when Michigan is going to play Toledo. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a bad example. We've lost to Toledo we've multiple lost to times Toledo. we were there. So. Okay, let's say Alabama is playing, you know, Michigan Tennessee, versus Appalachian State. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, probably the spread of that game was maybe Michigan minus 35, right. but then Appalachian State goes ahead and wins the game. So that would so. mean that Michigan has a get more than 35 points more than Appalachian State in order for that person yeah. betting on them to win. And it happens all the time. Like, Alabama was the number one team this year, and they were constantly, like, 35-point favorites, and they were covering. Like, you couldn't set the lines high enough, and that is a sort of an issue because odds makers literally, they're never going to put a minus 50 line, but if you're not losing by less than, or winning by less than 50, you know. So who are these, like, odds makers? Like, who's behind the scenes setting the spread and what and how are they setting the spread well so it used to be like in the i'm sure in the 50s like a guy named bobo uh, who would like you know say well i think it's going to be this and then i guess would probably do it just sort of based on feel it's but a now, ton of machine learning now when you have all data and uh ai and things that you can use to do models and projections uh there's there's much more data that's used into scoping out what this is actually what the line's actually going to be so it sounds like it's pretty corporatized then there's there's like a company very corporatized. Now Vegas has made it to the point where, like, we are freaked. You'll be freaked out around because there's another type of bet you can do. It's called an over-under. So you're trying to figure out how many total points the two teams are going to score, and you're going to bet either over that number or under that number. So let's say in a football game. And so wait, really quick, though, think about that because that's actually a really interesting way to bet because you're not actually betting on who wins, on or, who loses. wins or loses. So if you're watching, score. you guys don't really care about sports. You don't necessarily have to root for one team or the other. You're rooting for a collective Maybe result. Maybe the Jets-Patriots over-under is 41. So you want the Patriots to to just blow them out but make sure the Jets score enough points that they go over 41 points total. You make where do you make the most money in these bets? The that that the over under, the spread. I mean, where do you see people making a lot of money? I again, I think looking back to the the Vegas odds makers and this incredibly like specific machine learning, there's no good odds anywhere. Like there's the reason these casinos exist, there's a reason the house always wins, and like that's what actually what I was going to say is we are freaked out sometimes watching NBA games which Football is football. Like, there's not the, as much scoring. NBA games, they go into like 200 total points and more, and they'll make the line like 213 and a half. And literally, the score will be like 110 to 102. And then the guy's going to shoot his two free throws, and your over under depends on this last second free throw shot. And you're like, freaking Vegas, man. I think that actually brings like a, a really awesome point, too, because you're talking about how the game itself could be totally out of hand. One team could be up by 50 points, but you're rooting for a result that still has uh, meaning at the end of the game. So that's why there's this network now called the Action Sports Network that Brent Musburger started out in Vegas where they watch games with the lens of gambling, which is kind of the way he used to broadcast games on ABC and ESPN, which is, hey, 
even though the Lakers are winning 150 to 100, the over-under is 251, and this guy's got two free throws, meaning that if he makes both free throws, one side of the house is going to win the bet or the other side of the house wins the bet. That's why if you go to a sports like gambling spot, like a if, you know, sports gambling spot, if you go to a casino uh, <laughs> and you are in the sports book. <laughs> one of those? <laughs> one of those things, says the expert. But you'll see half the side is rooting for one thing and half the side is rooting on the, yeah. for the other. So it makes this amazing environment where now if you're at the bar, you know, maybe a couple of guys have money on the game. But let's say it was legal and there was a kiosk right there in the bar that you could place the bet on. Well, that's why you see like Buffalo Wild Wings is looking into getting into this as well so that you they've already got the Wings, establishment. It's gambling. I mean, it's a perfect match. And like there was, you know, I remember articles a year ago around how the, the Buffalo Wild Wings and the Applebee's of the world are falling apart. And A, I won't let the Applebee slander happen. But B, Buffalo Wild Wings adapting. And I think it's a great move. Yeah. And, and I assume now, too, there's more like a lot more. Like Andrew was saying, a lot more content popping up that is gambling based shows. Like I know Barstool Sports Advisor popped up. There's yep. a few other shows I know that are. Yeah. Focusing on the gambling advice, even like uh, the Tiger versus Phil match, right? They the whole big thing was advertised around the purse for nine million dollars, whatever it was, and then during the match, it was like, all right, he can bet, he can bet this, or he can make that bet, and like, so they're they're starting to familiarize the public, and I think there is going to be more of this like educational aspect of it as you see it hit the mainstream. I heard they both shared that money in the end. I'm sure they did, and I'm sure they made all their bets they shared too. No, there's no way they signed up to not know they were going to make a good chunk of money for that we'll see what would be what would be more interesting is if you had a couple of amateurs that were playing for some money like if you have a bunch of guys a couple of guys with unlimited money and it's you know they're throwing you know uh nickels around that's not really exciting but show me somebody that's really playing for a purse right yeah uh we always thought it would be fun to have uh you know sort of retired athletes that have fallen down on hard times that need money you know an opportunity to sort of like the the (laughs) sounds really cool it's kind of like the big three though it's kind of like the big three right it's yeah. just another chance to make money you don't have to necessarily have them playing for a purse but like you know if you had a golf match that had and that's kind of what golf is now right even it's just without the gambling aspect of it you're kind of gambling on yourself playing golf and there's a purse at the end so it is kind of like the same thing right but uh but yeah but i think what's interesting is you know as more of these gambling shows pop up where's the talent going i think one of espn's most talented uh, people, Darren Ravel, left to go to the Action Sports Network. Darren went to Roslyn High School. Shout out Roslyn High School. Uh, his mom was my Spanish teacher. Shout out Marsha Ravel. Uh, but Darren, you know, was a sports business reporter for CNBC, ESPN. He's going to a gambling network now because gambling is the future. Darren's always been ahead of the curve, and he's now going to be able to report exclusively on gambling odds and all the data that goes into it. Didn't he get some criticism or something in the past few years? Weren't people like hating on him for? Uh, well, welcome to Darren Ravel's life because that guy is the internet's punching boy. He Why takes, is that? I, I don't know anything about it. I just remember he just people. like he's very cheesy and like while something's going on, whether it's like supposed to be an intimate moment or like a heartfelt moment, he'll like look for the business spin and yes. he's just like I love. Yeah, sorry, I loved yeah. your uh, c- cover coverage of uh, the Christine Blasey Ford uh, hearing with Judge Kavanaugh and Darren Ravel tweeted out that Coca-Cola got $3 million of earned media from her drinking a Coke. Ah, and it's like, Darren, come on. Like, yeah. we're, we're watching a woman you know, give a very heartfelt testimony about a very serious issue about our country. We don't need to hear about Coca-Cola's earned media right now. Time gotcha. and place. Yeah. By the so, way, this, this all sounds like. I don't, did you ever see that movie with Matthew McConaughey and Al Pacino about sports betting? Well, that was, yeah. that's, that's the guy in Barstool Sports Advisors. Stu, Stu, Finer. Stu Finer. That's the based, story of Stu Finer. Him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So Stu Finer had a show called The Sports Advisors that he did for like 30 years. 
that I don't exactly know how it was one, street two legal. for the money. I think it was yeah. two. Yeah, I yeah, think two, so. two, two for the money. I've never money. seen it. I've heard. It. I really yeah. like it. Uh, he had a show. I think it was on like public access, but. You know, he always talked about, I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. And you had to pay for his picks. But he felt that he had a model that outsmarted the bookmaker and that if you listen to him and you pay for his picks, that you're eventually going to come out ahead. Uh, so that's why when you have these people that really feel like they've outsmarted it, do you just give that away for free or do you charge a subscription fee? So our more and more phony subscription America. fee. Yeah, it's America, yeah. Wow. And, and I guess the question is, so as states have to make this decision, would you recommend that they legalize it? I mean, look at New York. New York, there's a chance in 2019 they may legalize full-scale sports betting. Is it in their interest to do it? Would you recommend it for every state? There are other states. I think I read South Carolina. was like, this is not what South Carolina is about. We do not do sports betting. But there seems to be a lot of money involved and a lot of tax revenue uh, for the state. I well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I see it, and I mentioned it earlier, so, sort of going the way of, of cannabis in that it definitely has a certain connotation, and you think of certain stigmas around the word gambling. Um, and so I, I do think it'll be a slow trickle effect state by state. But I, I think if you want to be progressive in terms of like staying ahead and to your point, like finding ways to not only boost your economy, but boost like Denver has, has not only had crime rates go down and and uh, and um, uh, people come more people flocking to Denver and millennials flocking to Denver. Like that's the type of stuff you see when you make these progressive decisions um, and being able to pay for more roads and pay for more hospitals and more schools. So. I've got to imagine at some point people get a, around the, the connotation and, and the states are all going to start to pick it up. So I was going to make the cannabis comparison, too, because I do feel like it's similar in a way that it's on a state-by-state -state basis. So one of the main reasons for cannabis in terms of legalization was the tax revenue from the states. Yeah. But from what I've heard, like a lot of states haven't seen as much tax revenues as they projected because the black market has still actually grown even larger than it was before because now there's easier access for whoever's dealing it to get higher quality uh, cannabis. So is, is that the same for gambling now? I don't know if it's, a, it's an exact same uh, comparison, but will it actually lead to more tax revenue for states? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, you think about a weed dealer being in the convenience, especially here in New York City, you hear of all these delivery services. There's uh, that show High Maintenance on HBO that chronicles the uh, you know, adventures of a bicycling weed dealer in New York. And there are always going to want be people that want convenience, right? The people to come deliver. Oh, but there's going to be, once there's legalized, there's just going to be delivery services. I'm pretty sure there are in like LA and stuff already. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think like the, to your point, it's not going to scale the same way. Like people aren't going to be taking inventory and saying right. like, Hey, we have better quality, like betting now. Like that doesn't exist. Like yeah. what we have better, like you can get more odds now. Right. So which anything that's just going to screw you as the bookmaker. If you're making bad odds and people are, you know, taking right. money from you, you're yeah. not going to make any money. It's, it's really all about profiting. So I don't think it destroys the bookmaker like we mentioned earlier, but I don't think that it necessarily helps them. I think it, it should bring tax revenue. Hopefully it's used effectively. Hopefully it doesn't bring as much like marijuana also brings a ton of positives outside of the economic stuff right like if you are a believer in it in the health repercussions and and in the things that it can do positively for people or for society versus just financially because like there's there's very few arguments outside of the po very positive economic repercussions of a casino and legal gambling right other than like stuff to do with your leisure time but i don't know it's not that much better than like e-cigarettes in certain aspects so um i do think the tax thing can be huge and they have to stick with that as kind of the pitch well, i think the ultimate point though and we kind of touched on it earlier is this is america i mean it's kind of should be a free country right like if you have 
the desire to drink alcohol, you should be able to do that. If you, you and then it's more and more people are coming around to the idea that if you want to ingest cannabis, then you should be allowed to do so legally. And if you want to gamble your money that you make legally to gamble legally, that's just another way that we're kind of advancing society. It's funny. I was just like, after this conversation, I kind of got heated up and wanted to gamble on something. And I realized we're in New York and probably I can't do that. So. <laughs> well, you know what? Away, Let's just wait. We'll do a reunion episode once they've legalized it. Have you guys, you when you've placed bets... Have you done okay? Have you won some some good money? So remember that in the beginning of the episode, I told you that I was going to talk to you like a young man that was coming up. Let me give you one piece of advice. And this is Stu Finer's advice too. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. You can't win in the long you run. You absolutely win. cannot win in the long run. There's no way, especially in sports gambling, the, the bookie thing... You you go like we said earlier like you th- you just get in this mental oh I you you think you can come back you think you can come back if you go to Vegas and this is the fun way to do it go to Vegas with friends put down one bet go watch a game and like root for it right that is a fun way to do it and that's how I hope people as it comes mainstream adopt it because there is no benefit to becoming someone that bets regularly the house always wins personally. I have a better time like going to a casino and like playing craps with friends because yeah. again, at least that's like a fun night and you either win or you lose and you just know that you're going to have a fun night versus like putting all your heart into uh, a team that you really can't even think about, you know, if they're going to win or lose and then they actually have to like go home and be a person. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like when you're betting on sports, you just don't know sport, you know, these guys are human beings, right? You don't know if they're not feeling well. You don't know if they just went through a breakup. You know, especially with the amateur athletes, the fact that we allow gambling on amateur sports is wild. And the fact yeah. that people actually willingly put their money down on college-aged kids that aren't even professionals. And, and in one quick plug, right, the Three Men Weave NBA podcast does not necessarily focus on betting for that reason. We are lovers of the game. We like to weave and achieve, as do our listeners. And they love <laughs> the beauty of the game and what it's all great for. So, again, that's at Three Man Weave NBA on Twitter or Instagram, Three Man Weave NBA on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you can find your podcast. <laughs> and, and let's do one more plug before we end, too. I know Kraz has another uh, oh, business, business, venture. business really, venture that he's involved really with. Really quick, yeah. our uh, often sponsor of the Three Man Weave NBA podcast, that's at Three Man Weave NBA, uh, is the Krazy Dumpling Tour. That's crazy with a K. Krazy Dumpling Tour is my Airbnb experience. Get yourself a walk through New York City's Chinatown and try some of the greatest dumpling spots with myself, Matt Kraz, a local dumpling guru. No, I'm not Chinese, but I am a resident <laughs> expert in how to eat and enjoy dumplings with friends. <laughs> um, very well reviewed on Airbnb Experiences. Go check it out. That's Krazy Dumpling Tour with the K. You can also uh, email Krazy Dumpling Tour at Gmail to book a private one for friends, uh, which I know Andrew Iceberg has done and enjoyed himself. Yeah, I've been on it. It's really, really good. Um, so if you like dumplings, even if you don't like dumplings, still go on Appreciate it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I've taken the tour as well. Uh, I love to listen to the way you speak so passionately about the dumplings in all Chinese. What makes a good dumpling? Uh, that's a really good question. I think there are lots of... Obviously, lots of types of dumplings. Uh, on the Crazy Dumpling Tour, we, we go to a, t- a couple different types. Um, it's really about ratio. So you never ah. want a dumpling that has like way too much dough and not enough meat in there. You don't want one that's just like all meat and doesn't have any wrapper and doesn't support itself. Um, so it's really about that balance when you're dealing with like a soup dumpling, especially uh, those those bad boys can get a little out of control. We really touch everything here. I learned a lot, a lot yeah. mostly about the dumplings. <laughs> mostly about the dumplings, but wow. hopefully you feel uh, informed enough to either make a bet and hopefully win or stay away. Guys, this is really helpful and you spoke great about it considering I have no idea about sports except for I, I, golf and I know that but except for that and and really help break it down I, I think you broke it down for our listeners very well yeah that was great um, I think there's a lot to come in terms of updates and on the state basis or federal basis and 
if you were looking to gamble or already gamble, you know, maybe a few things that might have helped there. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. We'll wait. Actually, uh, I don't know if we have enough time. Yeah. But, uh, we usually <laughs> rank based on uh, relevance to our life. You know here. what? You're right. Let's do that. Because um, yeah, oh, that's, think, a, yeah. that's great. You're right. That's How, a legal loyalist. I don't know what yeah. you guys call. Some loyalist. of our topics we don't, but I actually think this is a really good topic yeah. to rank. And I'd like to go first. Yeah, you go first. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, so ten is the most. It affects everybody. Now, most now important. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was over. a personal ranking. Yeah. Uh, no. We see the thing is the idea with the podcast is we take these topics that people hear about. And yeah. We say, is it important to your life? Okay. So to the people and out <laughs> to there. the people, I, I would say this is a uh, six point three. Okay. okay. All right. Why do you think uh, that rating? I think six point three because anytime there's money at stake and your ability to either make or lose money, that is a very slippery slope. Uh, I think as seen with people's uh you know quick you know uh spiral into losing money and vices and addiction i think it's something that needs to be monitored and i think there needs to be a lot of education about it especially to young people um so i think that that's something that almost everybody is going to have to come into at a certain point but obviously there's probably going to be about 33 percent of the population that just wouldn't even think about sports or gambling or anything like that Six sounds good. Yeah, I'm. I'm that's I'm, a six point three specific. Well, that's what I'm going. I'm going a little lower. I guess six. Yeah, I know you like the whole, Jesse. I likes like the whole like numbers. The whole numbers. You like, I like the time. Yeah, show yeah. up. Yeah, I know. No, I, yeah. I, I, no, I think it's somewhere between a six and seven. I think it's well said that this. Well, where's it going to yeah, land for me? <laughs> all right, I'm going to go with the six because for me, as much as we are talking about it and it's making news. I think we're still a couple years away. I think I think that like this is still going to trickle in state by state and it's still going to be news that we're going to be here in like 2021, 2022 still like hey, like are we still talking about sports gambling? Like I I don't know that this is going to be an overnight thing. I could be wrong, but I think that when you're dealing with the connotation of gambling the same way that when you're dealing with cannabis or alcohol or things like this, it's very sensitive and there's a lot of exterior like signals and factors that come into play. Yeah, I'll give it about a seven just so we can even out that six and seven ratio. (laughs) Just because even, I mean, sports, so many people are interested in in that, of course, obviously. But the idea is even if you're not, and as you said, uh, the advent of different institutions that will make it easier to place bets on games, it can create other factors. It can create different things. I mean, you know, I'm sure at one point, you know, Nevada wasn't Las Vegas, and and clearly it's been dictated by that. I'm not sure if that will happen in the years to follow the next 10 years, um, if more states legalize it, what that will look like, but it'll affect a lot of people. (laughs) So I think I'm going to surprise you guys here. I'm going to go with 8.7 on this. Yeah! I wasn't so far off with the 10. I mean, maybe... You know, it's wrong that it might be ahead of the Moore investigation. (laughs) 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 But one, I think this affects so many people. Like, this is something that a lot of people love, um, like, to go to Vegas, sports gamble, et cetera. But besides that, I think I I do relate it a lot to, like, legalizing cannabis, like, and the the chain of events that happen after that. One, on just the scale of the economy and just, like, making money off it, it is going to, like, make... Many different parties, a lot, a lot of money, and it's going to bring money to people who didn't have it before. It might cause people to lose money too, more than they would before. Like this might cause more gambling addictions. I don't know, etc. But um, I think this is a was a big Supreme Court decision, um, and it came from the best state in the country. Uh, that's who brought it. That's who brought it to the Supreme Court, <laughs> um, and maybe that helps with my score. Uh, but I think it because of the scale of this and that. 
Um, any state now can decide to legalize it on their own. And uh, has so many ramifications from an economic standpoint to like gaming to entertainment that uh, this is a big deal. So especially our listeners too. Like I feel like a lot of our listeners are interested in this kind of stuff. Like I think it's important to them even more than some of the other stuff we talk about sometimes. Love well it. said. All right, boys. Love having you on. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks this was for fun. having us, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody. See you next week. We even achieve. We even achieve. <laughs>